What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to another episode of the Maddie Wills and Friends podcast. I know it's been a little minute, <laughs> but uh, but we here now. What's up with y'all, man? We don't, we don't got we don't got to go into no big thing or why the hiatus was so long or why my voice is cracking and I'm 34 years old. <laughs> it was good though, seriously. Um, glad to be back. Getting ready to uh, hopefully hop back into the routine. I don't really have any good reasons why the show has been, you know, absent for the last month or two. <laughs> I would like to say I've been a little busier. I guess I have been a little busier. Um, not necessarily too busy to record. I think what I honestly, yeah, and I'll just address this for a second. I think what I honestly wanted to do was kind of take a step away, take a step back so that I could kind of analyze and plot uh, and kind of fine tune things. I don't know that it will sound all that different to you. But I've been listening to a few things out there, and hopefully over some time I can incorporate a couple of the things that I've learned. Um, but that's boring shit to y'all. Let's just get right down to it. Uh, today, I it's Brown season. The Cleveland Browns, and what a lot of people don't know, is the Cleveland Browns are a very um, strong uh, uh, reason why I even wanted to dive into sports broadcasting, sports journalism, whatever you want to call it. I am infatuated with our football team. And it sounds crazy. Because in my life, they've almost never been good. (laughs) Never. And it astounds me that I care so much I'm yelling this shit. All right. Sorry. The Cleveland Browns are 0-2. Lost week one to the Steelers by, what, three points. Lost yesterday to the Ravens by more than three points. And I know it's only been two weeks, but I have to tell you that my finger is hovering over the panic button. Because once again, I got hooked in the offseason. Once again, I got hooked in the offseason. And I honestly thought that this was going to be a year of change, of positive momentum, of a resemblance of a football team that belongs on a professional field. I don't know if the field is professional, but you know what I mean. Oftentimes, over the last 16, 17 years, however long it's been since they've been back, more often than more often than not, the Browns are unwatchable. I was talking to my brother yesterday, Rex Guy Body Walls. You already know. He's been on the show before. He'll be on the show again. Oh, I don't, I don't know if we'll have any friends. Uh, well, I do know. We won't have any friends on today. You know, I, I wanted to welcome this back solo. We'll definitely get back into the swing of things. Chris Harris, he'll be around. Uh, Darius D. Word, uh, we got... We got some big news um, that we're definitely going to be dropping to you guys, to this audience. A lot of you who know me in my personal life already know. But um, to this audience here, we'll be talking about that, uh, you know, coming up. Um, 
and, and, and my brother Dub, Uncle Dub, Rex Guy, Body Walls, Wayman, whatever you want to call him, he'll be back on the show very soon as well. But damn, I did all that and lost my train of thought. Hey, if you're listening on SoundCloud or iTunes, like, subscribe, share, whatever you, whatever the thing to do on that medium is, uh, do it. I'd appreciate it. All right, getting back to the Browns. So the Browns have never been good in my in my in my adult life. The Browns have had, I think, two winning seasons. They've been to the playoff once. Like I, I, They've never been a team that you can look at on a weekly basis and strongly believe that they stood a chance against anybody. And that's hard because it's almost there's, – there's, a, there's a, like a viral video from a few years ago, one of the white comedians, local white comedians, who went off on a rant about the Browns, and he filmed it downtown, and it was pretty funny. But one of the points that he made was that it's almost hard – Durr, it's almost harder for the Browns to be this bad on accident than they are on purpose. I didn't I didn't plan on getting this loud this early. His point was, and I'm paraphrasing, it's almost statistically harder or impossible to be this bad on accident than we are on purpose. Like the Browns are trying. Now it just sounds like I'm killing the Browns. I haven't even given you any facts. All right, let's let's get into it. First of all, I, I know I keep saying first of all. I don't know. I guess I guess I haven't learned anything <laughs> in my in my hiatus. But you know, fuck it. We we gonna roll with it now. Um. All right. I I want to just take. Let's just take a step back. Let's just take a step back. I love the Browns. I've made that point clear. Uh, a lot of people listening know me from when I used to write about the Browns on my personal blog about three years ago. I, lo- I have a passion. I, if I didn't love this team, I wouldn't be so upset with, what, with, with what's going on. I wouldn't. Just because what I have to say isn't always positive doesn't mean that I don't love my team. All right? I just wanted to throw that out there because my co-host on Mad Mad Sports thinks that I'm just a Browns hater. I'm not a Browns hater. I just call it like I see it. I just call it like I see it. All right, let's start with the good. (laughs) Let's start with the good, right? Joe Thomas, yesterday against the Ravens, on I think the first or second play from scrimmage, registered his 10,000th consecutive snap, 10,000 plays in a row he's been on the field when his offense was on the field. And they don't keep track of everyone's consecutive snaps in the NFL. So we have no idea, excuse me, we have no idea where he ranks all time with that. I imagine it's got to be one, two, it's got to be up there in the the top couple. I I can't even throw out any other names. Um, Offensive linemen, they're weird. Like, you really don't know offensive linemen, unless you're a a really big fan of that team or just a real student of the NFL. You really don't, the, the common fan doesn't know the names of, even one or two, maybe one offensive lineman on their team. But the common fan doesn't really know who offensive linemen are. But Joe Thomas has managed to become a superstar amongst a position group that doesn't really uh, register any superstars, typically. Uh, 10,000 snaps in a row is an insane number. He's played every single play since he was drafted way back in, uh, what, 2007? Third overall in 2007, I believe. So, shout out to Joe Thomas. 
it's an amazing accomplishment. Uh, he's been one of the lone bright spots on the team since since he's come to Cleveland. So shouts out are definitely in order to Joe Thomas. Another another lone bright spot. Another another good from yesterday's game. Wide receiver Rashard Riggins. Riggins Higgins who the Browns actually signed off the practice squad like the day before the game. Uh, registered seven catches, had 95 yards. He was a fifth-round pick in 2016, and that was his best game as a pro. And I'm going to say kudos to Higgins, but that's it for the good, and now I have to get to the bad, and we may as well start with the wide receivers because they're horrible. They're horrible. Shouts out to Higgins for playing well yesterday. Hollywood Higgins, that's what they call him. He couldn't get his ass off the practice squad for over a year, but he finally made it to the big time, and he played, and he, and he, and he impressed. So shouts out to Higgins. But Kenny Britt, where you at, bro? For those of you who don't know, and most of you, I'm assuming, do, the Browns signed Kenny Britt in the offseason as their uh, replacement for Terrell Pryor. Now, Terrell Pryor isn't exactly blowing the roof off the joint over in Washington where he's playing right now, um, but he's better than Kenny Britt. I know that he's only been playing the position for a couple of years, and Kenny Britt's been playing the position for a decade, but... Terrell Pryor is a better wide receiving option than Kenny Britt. Period. Period. Yesterday, Kenny Britt had one catch for two yards. I promise I'm not doing that on purpose. Yesterday, Kenny Britt had one catch for two yards. In week one against the Steelers, Kenny Britt had one catch for 13 yards. To date, Kenny Britt has two catches for 15 yards. We've played two games. Did I mention that Kenny Britt was making $10.5 million for this season alone? The kid Higgins is probably making hundred grand. Anyway. Corey Coleman, he's a wide receiver too, isn't he? He's a joke as well. And I'm not even, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I, I swear to God, I'm not. Corey Coleman might have, <laughs> Corey Coleman might have broken his hand. It's not funny. It's not funny. It's not funny. It's, this is why I laugh. All right. Let, let me, let me let you into my brain here. I've lamented over and over to start this show that the Browns haven't given me very many good memories in my adult life. So with the three first-round draft picks, the bolstering of the offensive line, the addition of what was supposed to be a veteran wide receiver who could come in here and kind of lead the charge, um, and the number one pick overall – who, by most accounts, was the clear-cut best player coming out of college football. They did all this in the offseason, and I was hooked. 
I was hooked. I, I was. I'm here for it. Let's go. We got an offensive line. You can run the ball. You can throw the ball. It's easier. You know. You know the game. If you can run it, it's easier to throw it. We got a rookie quarterback in there because we all know that Cody Kessler isn't the guy. So much so that he's fallen to third string behind Hulk Hogan for crying out loud. And the the Browns were supposed to be better. Week one, they played better. Now, now. This was their first game on the road. They'll be on the road again next week in Indianapolis, who, by the way, just won last week with their quarterback that they traded for. (laughs) These guys managed to trade for the New England Patriots' third-string quarterback, and he's in there winning games for them. Unbelievable. And they have Andrew Luck still, who will be back at some point. Anyway. The Browns did all this in the offseason, and I'm thinking, here we go. They got a quarterback. They got a stud on defense. They actually have a a few studs on defense from an athletic standpoint. Jamie Collins, who, by the way, will be in concussion protocol this week. (sighs) It's exhausting. It's, it's, It's exhausting. We get hooked, you hook me over the summer, and then you go out there and and you shit an egg. Now, this was their first road game, as I just mentioned, so I'll give them that. But can we just look at some of the things that have happened in even just the last three weeks? After all of those positive things that I named, that they did in the offseason, in the last three weeks... Wednesday, before the first game of the season, your number one overall pick, Miles Garrett, who everyone says is going to be a game changer, defensive lineman, gets hurt. High ankle sprain, four to six weeks. On Wednesday, before the game on Sunday, can't play for a month, month and a half. Probably won't be 100% for two months. That happens four days before your opening game. Okay, fine. You still got Jamie Collins on defense. You still got Jabril Peppers. You still got uh, the game plan. You still got the mentality of a brand new defensive coordinator who's come in and, and changed the identity. Everything. The, the problem is everything that happened positive in game one and week one, none of it happened yesterday. None of it. And the things that we couldn't do in week one, like run the football, we still couldn't do yesterday. I thought the offensive line was supposed to be greatly improved. If that were the case, our quarterbacks wouldn't be running for their life, lives, and our running backs would have room to run. What the hell is going on with Isaiah Crowell? What's happening? Crowell has ran the ball 27 times in two games. He has 60 yards. That's a hair over two and a half yards per carry. He's 30th in the NFL in rushing, and this is everybody's reason on offense why the Browns are going to be better. We still can't run the ball. We gave Kevin Zeitler the most lucrative contract 
for a guard in the NFL. He's the highest paid guard in the NFL. Isn't that supposed to be indicative of him being the best? I don't know. It's disappointing. And I didn't come on here today to just rag the Browns. Well, maybe I did. But it's not what I what I want to do. I'm just pointing out what's happening. I know it's only been two weeks. I know we're only 0-2. But Jesus Christ, yo. Last year we went 1-15. We've won one out of our last 18 games. And I'm not supposed to be pushing the panic button? The Browns receivers are trash, man. They're trash. Drops left after right. Corey Coleman, what's going on, bro? Another broken hand, if it's true? Uh, If Corey Coleman can't play and Kenny Britt is our de facto number one receiver against any team, I don't give a damn who we're playing against, it's going to be hard to win. You're not setting your quarterbacks up for success. Deshaun Kaiser, he... Technically, he regressed from week one to week two. Technically, he did. I'm not ready to give up on him, though. Rookie quarterbacks just don't really come into the NFL and tear the league up. It just really doesn't happen. It really doesn't. I know Andrew Luck and uh, RG3 did their thing a few years ago. I know that uh, 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 my guy over in Philadelphia that the Browns passed on. I know he had a good... Rookie season, and I know he's playing well so far. Um, But they're going to have some bumps and bruises, man, along the road. It's just, it's not just an easy, simple transition. It's not. And I do believe that Deshaun Kaiser should be starting. I do believe he's the best quarterback on our roster. But with that being said, the best quarterback on our roster is still a rookie. So where does that tell you our team stands? You know? I just can't get over the fact that no matter who's in charge, no matter who the coaches are, no matter who the GMs are, the results are always the same. So are we, and this is a real question, are we really a cursed football team? Like, do you know the history of the Browns? Did Art Modell put some bad juju on us when he was here and then he ripped our football team away from us in the middle of the night? Like, what, what, what's, what's, it wasn't in the middle of the night, but you know what I mean. What, what's, what am I to make of all of this? I was, I was talking to some friends before. Like, even bad teams have good years sometimes. <laughs> like, even bad teams have superstar players sometimes. Even bad teams have guys that you have to tune in to Sports Center to catch the highlights of this one person sometimes, except for the Browns. And I'm just tired, man. I'm tired of it. I'm just tired of it. I don't know. Listen, the Browns have a lot of things to do in order to get back into um, being a watchable football team. And I'm still going to watch them, and I'm still going to support them in terms of um, not giving up on them because I know any given Sunday it it could all turn around. I, I know that. 
I, I seen, I've seen that, you know, the New Orleans Saints won a Super Bowl. Like the Saints. Look up the history of the Saints. They won a Super Bowl. The Chicago Cubs won a World Series. Look up the history of the Chicago Cubs. They just, they're World Series champions right now. The Cavs won a championship. They only have one ever, but they just won it, so anything can happen. I know that, but my goodness, when? When? That's all I want to know. Until Miles Garrett comes back, if Jamie Collins can't play Sunday, if Corey Coleman can't play Sunday, shit, man. I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to say that we can beat the Colts. The Colts game was one was the first win that I had circled for the Browns before the season started. So I'd like to say that we can beat them. But the way we looked yesterday was not good. It was not good. Uh, what else is going on out here? I, I, I've that's that's enough energy spent on the Browns. Um, What's up with you guys, man? Y'all good? I don't know why I asked you that. Like, I can actually hear your response. So I went to the Ohio Hip Hop Awards last night. That was good. Um, my guys, LOE, were in the building. They were nominated for Best Group. Didn't take it home, but it's all good. It's cool. Uh, a lot of politics. Uh, a lot of internet voting goes on with those award shows. So, um, you know, you, you can only control but so much. But I can tell you, I can tell you the LOE is about to pop. They're about to pop, definitely. Loyalty over everything. Shout out to D-Word. That's my homie. Of course, shout out King Collision, Scrat. Um, some shit's about to happen with that. But the Ohio Hip Hop Awards, I went initially not for them. I didn't go for them initially um, when I originally made plans to go to the show. Uh, I went because I want to, well, I've always wanted to, but I want to kind of bridge the gap that there seems to be between our local scene and um, the this, this, this station that I work for. I work for Radio 1 Cleveland, Z1079. Um, and when I was younger and I was making music and I, I had a lot more friends who were kind of on, on the making music scene, you know, emceeing or whatever, um, I just remember how I always thought that it would be dope if the local station did more for kind of like the underground scene. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the the grind the grinders that are trying to get on um, more events or whatever, whatever it could be, whatever I could do. I feel like I need to try to do it. So that's why, you know, I write articles about, uh, local talent, whether they're an MC or a chef or whoever it is. Um, and I'm going to continue to do things like that. But I wanted to kind of be among the people, in a sense. And I wanted to see how the event was. I wanted to see the people that come out to these things. I wanted to see the people that win these things. And I just wanted to kind of experience this so that I could feel uh, more of a more of a part of that. Like I feel, I don't want there to be a distance. I want there to be a, a, a open conversation at at any minute. You know what I'm saying? I want to be able to to contact those people. I want them to be able to reach out to me. So it was a great 
feeling just being among the people, the next crop of talent that is Ohio hip-hop scene. Like, I went to the to the film festival last weekend, and it was... Um, it, they're just dope. They're just dope things that I, I want to continue to keep trying to shine as much light on as I possibly can. So that's originally why I went there. But you know, some things happen where now uh, I'm very heavily affiliated with uh, with my homies group, and 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 so I was there with them. To support them, so I, I kind of got to do two birds with one stone type deal, and and it was a good show. It was a good show. The performances, little busy performed. That's Busy Bones' actual son. Um, didn't expect that. His energy was through the roof. Uh, very happy to come out, and I'll be writing about that. You can check that article out. Uh, a little recap of the the night at zhiphopcleveland.com a little bit later on in the week, but. Uh, yeah, Ohio Hip Hop Awards. It was dope. I, I'm I'm looking forward to continuing the those new relationships that I have established uh, with people on, over on that side. So, what else, man? What else? Kevin Hart. Woo! Somebody got some shit on him, don't they? <laughs> Somebody got some shit on Kevin Hart. So, if you haven't heard, Mr. Hart, who's one of my favorite comedians, um, Went on his social media the other day and apologized to his family and his friends. And people are trying to figure out what he apologizing for. And it's, I'm just going to let you listen. Um, I'm at a place in my life where I feel like I have a target on my back. And because of that, I should make smart decisions. And recently, I didn't. Um, shit. I don't know how to... I gotta get my shit together. Here we, here um, we. My, my bad, my bad. I'm at a place in my life where I feel like I have a target on my back. And because of that, I should make smart decisions. And recently, I didn't. Um, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm not gonna um, sit here and <laughs> say that I am or, or claim to be in any way, shape, or form. I ain't never and heard Kevin say, um, this many times. I made a bad times. error in judgment and put myself in an environment where only bad things can happen, and they did. Mm, and mm, mm. in doing that, I know that I'm going to hurt the people closest to me, who I've talked to and apologized to, being my wife and my kids. Um, um, and I just, all know, right, so you it's, it's a shitty moment. Oh, shit, I cut my mic off instead of the thing. So you see where this is going. Um, Kevin, somebody got something on Kevin, and TMZ is reporting that Kevin now has gotten the FBI involved because instead of allowing these people to expose him for whatever they have on him, he is saying, I'm not paying you shit because they're asking for millions, apparently. He ain't paying them nothing. And he's like, yo, I'm just going to own this. So whatever it is, is certainly damning. Uh, I don't wish this on anybody, though. I'm laughing. I'm just joking around. This is a shitty situation, you know? Look, life is a motherfucker, man. And you just never know what people are going through. You never know um, the mind state they're in when they find their themselves in certain situations. Like, everyone deserves forgiveness. Everyone deserves a second chance. So I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to shit on Kevin. I love Kevin Hart. I think he's hilarious. But 
this this is crazy. Like the, the streets is definitely gonna be tuned in to see where this goes. Uh, a guy that's been portraying this whole wholesome kind of family man uh, character over these last few years. We all know that you know he went through the thing with his first wife, and he's detailed in that in 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 his stand up routines and whatnot. So you know it's a, it's a, it's a tough it's a tough situation. We'll see where it goes. Kevin Hart though, he's a he's a hilarious guy and Jesus Christ, he has 54 million followers. He Instagrammed that to 54 million people. Woo! It must listen. Whoever got something it must be some sh- real shit. Okay? It must be some real shit. Uh what else is going on, man? Trump is still crazy. He's crazy. It, it is what it is, man. What's going on in hip hop, man? I know I ain't really cover much music. Must be a slow week. I, you know, I really, I really just had to get that Cleveland Browns ran off my chest, man. I, I really hope they bounce back. I really hope they bounce back. Uh, yeah. Instead of making up some bullshit to talk about, I'm gonna just end it here. <laughs> but I'm gonna be back, man. This is a quick little sample. I'll get back into things. Um. It'll probably be more on a weekly basis, so maybe maybe next Monday we'll reconvene, same time, same place, and, and we'll get back into it, man. Um, I like to tell you guys, though, the, that I truly believe this, and I end every one of my shows when, when I talk on the radio with this exact same sentiment, and, and I'm going to leave it with you guys because, you know, you never know what you hear that might make you think differently about a certain thing or whatever, so, but... The only thing that you can spend in this world and never get back is your time. So if you want to spend your time doing something, please make sure that it's worth it. You live your life by that. I promise you it'll be a little bit easier every day. Uh, I'm going to holler at y'all real soon, man. Peace.